Nothing makes more sense than protecting the planet that gave us all life and everything we have. But do you find yourself unable to keep going in the face of the relentless dire news about the state of the world? Do you worry about biodiversity loss and what a changing climate means? Are you struggling to take action or campaign to mitigate the nature and climate emergency? Most people who are gripped by fear, sadness, anger, anxiety, powerlessness and other strong emotions are vulnerable to episodes of burnout or hopelessness. Strong emotions drive change and earth and society are undoubtedly made better by compassionate people doing what they can to act on these issues. But constructive progress can often seem out of reach. This podcast is part of a collection of tools, creative responses and peer support networks that have emerged from a project called Eco-Anxious Resilient. In this series of six episodes, we'll be exploring a self-care planning tool that has the power to help when you're struggling. We'll be sharing conversations held between groups of peers and you'll hear authentic stories of struggle alongside all the ways people cultivate meaning, connection and hope. It is proven that when you are struggling, planning for your own self-care and connecting with resilient peers is an effective way to re-empower yourself and continue striving for the just and enlightened society you're aiming to bring about. We hope you find these conversations empowering. Listen to the end to find out details of how to connect with the project. In this episode, we'll be exploring the fourth question of the self-care planning tool, which asks us to consider, who can I speak to if I'm really struggling? This one's quite difficult for quite a number of different reasons, really. Firstly, I um, like to think that I'm the sort of person who can, you know, manage um, my life and manage my emotions and um, and, I, and I don't like to admit that I might be failing on that score. The second thing is um, sometimes uh, when I'm really struggling, my I'm overwhelmed. Um, with the strength of emotions that I might be trying to deal with and I don't particularly like to um, expose somebody else to that strength of feeling and I want to be realistic about how much somebody else can actually help me when I'm in that state you know how much should I should I expect from somebody else basically? So so on the one hand, I'm thinking, you know, I <laughs> I really would like to be able to speak to somebody who is a peer and who cares as deeply as I do um, about the issues facing us all in a, a climate and nature emergency. Um, but on the other hand, I'm aware that most of the people that I know are also having quite a hard time for for one reason or another and i i don't want to be a burden to anybody else so thinking thinking about how i want to have a conversation with somebody and who i want to speak to at a time when i'm i'm in real distress um is uh it's not that's not a good time to actually be doing it the time to be thinking about when 
you know, I need to talk to somebody else is when I'm actually feeling okay. Um, and I can think rationally and fairly logically. I would say um, being interested in like the apple trees and, um, and the idea of trying to create an orchard and making cider in like a really roundabout way or not in like a roundabout way, but it, it's provided like a gateway to talking about stuff with people. So, um, for example, I wanted to go and, and collect some bits of um, some scion wood for different um, types of apple trees. And I, I met an, a guy on uh, who has an allotment in Nairn and I went there and we were just chatting about how amazing like orchards are for like biodiversity and how how it's important to have more of that kind of stuff around and it was just like a really great it wasn't like a really in-depth conversation but it was just really nice sort of touch points without being really like heavy about it and so I think it's kind of having doing something and having something in action helps just chat about it and even like I would I would even say talking about that kind of stuff with friends who who might not necessarily want to talk about that stuff or are less engaged in it if I start talking about that I'm making cider and and I'm doing all this stuff and how it like connects connects me to nature and the seasons gives like a quite a simple sort of common um point to 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 start from um and actually kind of opens up different conversations so yeah definitely that but it you know it's it's it is a it's quite a hard subject to talk to people about i think it's a bit of a funny one as well because of kind of where we've chosen to live is that i don't really have like really good friends like on the doorstep so perhaps mm. they you know we're all kind of scattered around so it's it's kind of hard to sort of see those little nuances of things and 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 i guess that's kind of quite symptomatic of how we kind of live our lives now in the western world is that we're all quite disconnected so i don't know i find that a really hard yeah. question i didn't have anybody that could talk to any of this stuff because i felt that having all this stuff was just a character flaw, I suppose. Everybody else was doing quite fine, thank you very much, and I wasn't managing to kind of hold myself together. It was a real struggle, and part of the struggle was feeling totally inadequate, and everybody else was doing magnificently. I was held back because I thought everybody else was coping. Mm. But now, with sort of people sharing I think a lot lot more so never felt I coped well enough so I never shared with anybody how I felt and then it came that when I did start sharing that I felt pretty rubbish then everybody else started saying well yeah but so do I <laughs> No, 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 you're always really, you know, you're really on top of things, aren't you? No, I go home and I cry every night. What? You know, so it wasn't until that time when I started, I suppose, showing some vulnerability 
but I found out how vulnerable other people were. So yeah. talk to friends and pick my friends carefully. Have I told you before about something a friend told me? Well, it's a very wise friend. And she said, if you're down in a hole, if you fall into a deep hole, and this applies to all sorts of things, not just climate, but if you're down in a deep hole, try your best to climb out. Think hard about how to do it. Work hard at it. And if you're still down in the hole, have a good weep and then start shouting for your friends. But if somebody comes along and says, you know, oh, I can help you, then not all your friends will be any use because one might be very good at reading poetry mm. and one might be very good at taking a photograph but the one that you want is actually the one with the ladder so it's having a selection of friends and trying to pick the friend to contact that might be best able to help you and that might be quite a different friend to one that you'd usually ask but if you've got a feeling that somebody's perhaps going to be able to help you then don't hesitate to ask because to ask for help is to give a gift to somebody and all they can do is say sorry I can't help yeah and okay you're still in the hole but then you just move on to another friend you know I, I work and have worked for the last sort of almost 17 years now, um, all day, every day, with people talking about climate change and biodiversity loss. I know quite a bit. I read quite a bit. What I read is very scary. And um, I can't share that, that fear with many people. Um, I don't share it with my son. I don't share it with my partner. I don't share it with my friends who aren't into climate change. Um, and also, you know, I know loads of people who get it about climate change, but they're all very hopeful that it'll all be solved. Mm. And so I can't share my understanding of the situation with them because I have done in a couple of occasions and I've seen their little bubble get burst or the disbelief or, oh no, she's gone over the edge. Absolutely lost it. <laughs> um, and so it's important for me and has been over the years to find places where there are people who have relatively the same understanding that I do about the situation who are also afraid and angry and despairing. Um, so yes, anything that looks like it will satisfy my need to be able to just speak without being judged mm -hmm. and without worrying somebody else unduly. Yeah, that's, and so that's why I like this this project. I do a lot of other things to help with my eco-anxiety, but I think this project is, is just yet another way to deal with that. I mean, I certainly, I don't know about you and your family, but um, I don't get a lot of support. I do from my, my partner and I do a bit from my mother, but in the sort of wider family, you know, they don't, they think I'm off my head. Yeah, um, I'm missing. 
yeah I can relate to that yeah um <clears throat> you know and, and even some things that I'm are really important to me and I put a huge amount of work into um you know like uh, starting this petition and um you know getting evidence at the Scottish Parliament and things like that they just they're not interested you know even though these, these things take over my life <clears throat> and, and even rescuing these ponies they mm. look at me as if I'm absolutely mad mm. and, and all they want to know about is how much is that costing you right wow um, and this is a part of like they give you meaning they're part of your identity and there's like a there is a relation that they could be having like deep deep connection with you through those things that you're in, like doing yes here we are you know we're in a climate and biodiversity emergency we can't keep living the way we have lived and um we have to do something different now um <laughs> but i it's like talking to a brick wall most of the time i find yeah. so it's so if, if I, I i get really um um I don't know well hopeless I suppose um if, if I'm not able to find other people who actually seem to appreciate the problem you know you do begin to question it as well whether or not you are mad yeah yeah I've totally gone down that route too yep yeah uh-huh you know yeah. why why am I why why have I why is all this coming to my head mm -hmm. you know why am I seem to be why am I aware of this stuff um and because of there's so much about uh, fake news and fake information and, you know, and I'm thinking, is the information that I'm reading, is it correct? Um, so I, I'm more and more and more relying on my own senses. Yeah. I see yeah. round about me to be guided by, you know, my act, to guide my actions. Um, yeah, totally. Like what you're saying is like, it's like we learn in relation to others, don't we? And if the people that you're yes. with, are giving you this this blank mirror or this kind of yes. like, vacant stare then you just start to question everything and you do need those those connections to really feel like what well, kind of have that touch point for your own feelings and to kind of validate mm. them I guess so who can I call or speak to if I'm really struggling um for me there are those three options so it's looking for those peers who are in a similar situation to me in terms of struggling with um, sort of campaigning and activism um, and taking action um, and can identify directly with the emotions but are not so in, so involved in my day-to-day -day life. Um, then there are uh, one or two close family members and um, friends who I would talk to sometimes. Um, but I am very mindful with them that they are very emotionally invested um, themselves in my life. And I um, and sometimes it's, it's sort of impartial guidance that um, that is actually most helpful. And lastly, you know, those sort of charitable organisations and and some statutory support organisations who offer specific help around um, specific types of um, distress um, and emotional um, pain. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we're very fortunate actually in this uh, day and age to have a range of, of different options that we can tap into. 
And it is it's absolutely essential to be realistic about um, my expectations around what people can do um, for me through talking to me, um, uh, talking with me, basically, because it ultimately it's down to me. Another supportive element of the project has been creative writing and the sharing of these original pieces in something we hope will become a daily reader celebrating Earth. These pieces have been shared at peer support groups and offer another way into discussion as well as understanding the issues from a different perspective. This is a piece entitled First Listen. After the fire and the smoke, I started treading on thin ice and through it, I could see all the pain in the world. Like a detective, I started connecting dots and a fist clenched around my heart kept closing tighter and tighter. The small crabs, shrimps, and other marine animals, my summer holiday friends, were gone from their rocks forever. I couldn't believe it. Was the future I imagined all my life a lie? With a heavy heart, I went around searching, digging, excavating stories that I could cling onto. A part of me refused to believe my destiny was to watch the beautiful colors of this world fade away, not because I couldn't see them anymore, but because they wouldn't be there. Then one day, I met a very old and grumpy cockatiel who every night flew in panic, screaming all around the house. His human told me he was prone to night terrors and was old and senile. The bird did not like me at all. He was scared and he hissed, but I thought he was trying to tell us something. After careful inspection, I found mouse droppings all around his cage. The poor bird was being harassed by them every night. A major cleaning event and mice prevention strategy made him so happy he climbed my arm and sang in my ear. He knew I understood him and changed his life for the best. Today, I will remember that as long as I live, I must continue to listen, to think for myself, and act for others. And in that space, a constant negotiation, like the sustained flight of birds, I find hope. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Emily Dickinson. Thank you for listening. We hope these conversations resonated with you and please join us again where we'll be exploring the next question, which is, what do other people need to know about me if I'm really struggling? You can find out more about the project Eco-Anxious Resilient at surefruiteffect.com. This project was made possible with a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund Scotland, Together for Our Planet programme.